In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have a super awesome guest here with me. Amy. How are you, Amy? Doing well, Pamela. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. And I'm so excited to hear your story, sort of how you got started, you know, and now you're an amazing coach to all these Fortune 500 companies, Swim Against the Current, which I love the name, by the way, I think it's such a perfect title for your company. And what I'd love to know is how did you get started as a coach? Sort of what inspired the journey? to get you here. It's such an interesting story. It's one that I hear in varying forms as I work with clients, because now I work with clients on helping them through their career evolution. So my first 13 years of my career, I was in sales and marketing, working for some of the largest companies, Fortune 50 companies, Eli Lilly, Johnson & Johnson, also worked for smaller startups, massively growing companies along the way. And Pamela, in my very last role, the one that inspired me to launch my search for where I really wanted to go in my career. I'd been working the hardest that I'd ever worked. The majority of my working hours or my waking hours were dedicated to work, as I'm sure many of many of your listeners can relate to. And I got pregnant. It was my first child. And I was in a remote capacity at that point, leading, leading a marketing team. And shortly after I announced my pregnancy, they asked me to, as soon as I came off maternity leave, move to the home office and pay for it out of pocket. Wow. And you were remote before that. That's right. That's right. So it came as quite a shock to me. And I have one of my top values is loyalty. So hearing that from an organization that I put so much blood, sweat and tears into was difficult to say the least. Story has a really good ending. I was able to negotiate a severance package and it gave me the opportunity to really think about what I wanted to do moving forward. You know, at the same time, my priorities had slightly shifted because now I have this new human being that relied on me to, to keep her alive. So what that allowed me to do was, first of all, max out my maternity leave. So I took time off for the first time in years. And that was a massively transformative process for me. At first, I just didn't really know what to do with myself. And that was when that was when I hired a coach. What I knew deep, deep down is particularly having this newborn who not only was my happiness and my future, my career about me, now it was about this, my daughter as well. I really, really wanted her to have a mom who loved what she did. In addition, three weeks after my daughter was born, my grandfather passed away. So it was this very raw moment where I realized how valuable and how short life can be. So all of those things combined together gave me the courage to go on this journey of exploration. What am I meant to do and what what would really make me happy? And and I hired a coach. I worked with a coach and I had like never heard of coaches before that. I had no idea what they were. I had no idea they existed. And she took me through a very 
powerful introspective process. And on the other end of that journey, Pamela, what I realized was I was being called to be a coach. It checked all my boxes. It catered to all my strengths and it allowed me to start my own business, which was something that I'd always in the back of my mind had a dream to do. So here I am, gosh, that was, I think, four and a half years ago that I went through that journey and founded Swim Against the Current. I really, really wanted to start a purpose-based organization. So Swim Against the Current is all about catering to leaders in the corporate space who know that they've got the raw talent and the capability and that history of success, but for whatever reason, they find themselves in a professional place where they're not happy. I work with leaders to help them replace that stress and overwhelm with more joy and ease so that they can reach their full potential while they enjoy their life. Life is way too short. And I'll tell you what, it, it was a journey worth going on because I love what I do. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. What a story. So I love the transformational process where it's kind of one thing led to another and your inspiration became your newborn. You know, you're like, I want to lead for her, you know, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Now, sort of backtrack a bit, what inspired you in this business journey in the first place? You know, I think you had mentioned that you had gotten your MBA as well. So what sort of led you to that point? You know, what inspired you throughout your childhood or anything like that to lead you on the career path before you jumped into the business world, like college? And- Ooh, great question, Pamela. Good co- coaching question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for me, like a lot of people, you know, I, I look to my parents for guidance and advice. And my dad was a really important figure in my life. And he worked as his way up the ranks in corporate America, stayed with the same company for 30 years, which was incredible. You don't really see that much anymore, but that was the way it was, you know, back in the 90s, 80s and 90s. So I took a lot of my strength and a lot of my vision for what success looked like from him. And that's what got me interested really in business to begin with. I also just love strategic problem solving so all that I was able to do through through was mimicking my dad's career when in fact it was like trying to put a square peg in a round hole and it just it was there was always a sense of a mismatch but I didn't realize it until and it's so funny it's like until you're like you gain the courage to really say is this something different and I didn't gain that courage until I had another human being looking to me it's just it's funny I see that time and time again with my clients so your father, which industry was he in that he, that he was there for 30 years? What was he primarily focused on? He was in the pharmaceutical industry. So he, he worked for a large pharmaceutical company in finance. Really hard worker. I respect that generation so much. You know, having gone through, you know, we're going through COVID right now. So it's the first example of large worldwide suffering that this generation has seen. But, you know, his generation experienced, well, they were born at World War two and then went through the Vietnam War and that massive, you know, uproaring in the 1970s, which was such an interesting era. But man, really, really hard workers, dedicated, loyal. I have so much respect for that generation. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, this is kind of our first time. So for the millennial generation, like I feel like COVID-19 was a big hit. And then 2008, 2009. So for my generation, I can speak, you know, so I see it now, COVID was probably like the biggest thing that I remember in my career, because in 2008, 2009, I was still in high school. So I didn't really, 
like see it. So for my generation, this is the first time we're getting like a little bit of a shockwave. So it's really fascinating to compare it to what has happened in the past. It's like COVID-19 is a big deal. Don't get me wrong, but based on what your father experienced through the war, living in World War II, like I can only imagine, right? Like you can only imagine what that's like. We're still suffering, but it's a blessing, you know what I mean, compared to what other generations have gone to. So I agree with you. Same respect and same love to them because it's like, I can't even, I can't even imagine what that's like. Yes. Yes. I can't either. Even the generation before them even went, went through more with the Great Depression. But as difficult as COVID has been, it's been a real gift because it has allowed people to really understand what their top priorities are. And it's, I'll tell you, my coaching business has picked up big time this year. I am busier than I've ever been. I'm almost capped out in capacity. And it's so inspiring to see so many people take a step back and really evaluate, you know, what is it that I really want out of life? Right. Right. And that's fascinating that you say that. And I'm I'm so happy to hear that your business has picked up because I keep hearing stories of like so many losses during COVID-19. And then here you are, like, I'm so happy to hear that your business is picking up. So that's, that's fascinating to me. So what you're saying is people are paying attention to more of their priorities and sort of almost forced to reflect in a way. Yes, yes. We were so financially focused prior to this. I don't want to take away for all the people who from all the people who are suffering financially. It's it's a real hard time for a lot of folks. That's been very difficult difficult to see. On the flip side of that, once you're able to get to a to a place where you're not as worried financially and you really start to think about all the things that are most important in life, family, friends, connection, you know, making sure that your basic needs is met, just going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Once you take care of all the basic needs, then you get to security and belonging. So security, the sense and the need for security and belonging has shifted during this pandemic. It used to be in a time where we were just in such a time of financial success and it, there just seemed like there was no end in sight. It was just hard to see that this would ever end. Leave it to a worldwide pandemic to turn that upside down and allow people to really, really think uh, realize what is most important to them. It's absolutely fascinating how like certain businesses have grown and certain businesses have collapsed. So like you said, you know, to anyone out there who's been suffering through this, it's like, this is your time to pivot and really evaluate what matters to you. Like what really matters at the end of the day. And I say this all the time. I'm like, regret is worse than fear, right? So if there's something that you've always wanted to do, do it now. Cause guess what? When you look back on this, like 10 years ago, I mean, 10 years later, and you didn't give it a shot, you're going to kick yourself, right? Like you're going to kick yourself and be like, why did I not do this? And I think it's fascinating that what you're doing in the coaching world, you're sort of inspiring that in your clients, which is so cool. I love what you said in terms of regret is worse than fear. You're a great example of this, Pamela. <laughs> You've shifted a couple of times and followed your dreams and absolutely made it happen. And you're right. It's true. Sometimes oh, this phrase has been coming up a lot lately. The devil I know is better than the devil I don't. Mm. A lot of people don't move forward just because of fear. They don't know what's on the other side. And so it's easier and it is easier to stay with something that you know and can predict, even if it makes you miserable. But it just takes a couple of steps to get you closer to a life full of purpose and full of fulfillment. And so for you, for, for your clients, right? Like 
what would be like the top three things and the top three like struggles that you've seen, whether it's related to COVID-19 or, you know, any of that, if, what's sort of been happening in that, in the executive C-suite world, if you will? Sure. Okay. Number one, golden handcuffs. Mm. I make so much money, but I am miserable, but I can't walk away from my company, my job, because then I'm just not going to make the same amount of money. And this is really tied up in, into value, and especially if you're caring for other people, right? So my kids won't have the same amount of money, my family members, whoever rely on me. So this is a big one. They feel tied to their company because of the financial piece of it. The other thing that a lot of people experience is, you know, believe it or not, this always shocks me, but this comes up time and time again, Pamela, is am I good enough? I work with people who have a long history of success. On paper, these are people who have gone to top schools, gotten top grades, promoted year after year after year at a young age, put into a leadership role. And when we get on the phone, when they talk to a coach in confidence, their number one fear is, am I good enough to do something else? And if you think about it, it makes sense because these are type A personalities who are constantly They've been trained for years and years and years to focus on their deficits, and that's how they up their game. That's how they get better. But when you are trained to focus on your deficits and the things that you don't do, eventually you start to wonder what your strengths are and what you can do. You know what's fascinating about that, right? Because say my generation, right? We're in our late 20s, early 30s, and we're looking at these C-suite executives who have made it to the pinnacle of their career, entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, whoever it may be. And you're looking at them and you're like, wow, that looks awesome. Like they're so strong and they're so, you know, like they have this whole, but it's a facade, which is so interesting. It's not all the time, but you know, what you're mentioning is like, it's a struggle for everybody. And that sort of puts the really big human element because I've seen some of the most amazing and beautiful people that I know be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm worthy of this. And I'm just like, what? No, no, you yes. are. And it's really refreshing to hear that, like, the human element to it, that it's like, these people are human too. Like, yes, they can be the CEOs of this company and have this success record. But at the end of the day, they're human and they feel and they do these things. I wasn't expecting that, to be completely honest, because it's like you have role models your whole life, right? And then when you get to the level where you understand, like, their pains and you hear about their struggles you would never think that that's something that comes up. So I think that that's a huge thing for any listener to know that, listen, we all have our struggles at the end of the day, right? Myself included, you know? It's like how you were mentioning earlier, Pam, you're reinventing yourself. I'm reinventing myself again now as an influencer. You know, like I had my real estate career that I felt like I mastered, and well, didn't done very, very well in, but now it's like, I'm being pushed to a different direction to elevate and empower. And it's like, I'm learning within that too, you know? So it's just fascinating what you mentioned. Wow. If I could ask you, Pam, to help with this, what was it inside of you when you were in real estate, but you had this fire in your belly, this sort of calling to do something else? What was it that gave you the courage to explore it and to try it? You know, it's that thought process that you're being pulled in this direction for a reason. The universe wants you in this direction for a reason. And I always pray for one thing. I say, you know, God, universe, whatever anyone believes in, like, please just put me on the path that's of my highest and best use. And so for me, going the influencer route and sort of taking this podcast to another level 
was all because of the people who've reached out and been like, Pam, I heard this episode. So it really helped inspire me to do this. Or Pam, I saw you post that you did this. So I was able to do this in my life. So for me, the purpose is really more so the people that I'm impacting that have really made it like, okay, Pam, you can't fail. You have to go. Like, so my motivation was sort of external. And then internally, I just had this like feeling in my heart where when you're on the right path, you feel it right here. Like it's like fire. You cannot avoid it. You're just like in your pole, like upper body's like pumped up. It like comes from the heart. It's a weird thing to explain. But once you have that, like, you know, like this is where you're supposed to be. This is what you're meant to do. And anything that you've, you've done in the past doesn't mean that it's a failure or anything. It's just a stepping stone to get to your purpose. So for me, that was the case. So it, it'd be super interesting to see how your clients have shifted those struggles and how they sort of overcame them to get to their next career. That's such a beautiful story. Such a beautiful story, Pam. And it's a really good segue into the third most common thing that I hear, you know, once we get past sort of the fears and the emotions blocking, then the question is, well, if I could wave a magic wand and put you anywhere you wanted to be in five years, what does that look like? A lot of people say, I don't know. So what you just tapped into and what you just shared is so key to this process. Because I work with a lot of corporate leaders, they spend so much of their day in their heads, being analytical, thinking through things in a very cognitive state. And in order to get to a life-changing transformation, you have to step outside of your head. You have to go to your heart and you have to start listening to your gut and your intuition. And not a lot of my process, but the beginning stages of my process is very focused on that, is how do we use different facilities that we have access to as human beings to move past this challenge. And that is where the real magic comes. Wow. And is there any like tools that you do, like any visualization or like vision boards? What, what would you say would contribute to help paint that sort of picture for them in five years? Because I feel like you've almost got to have the vision and then make all the decisions to get there. That's a great question. So Before we even get to the vision, it's so, so important to address the blocks. When you remove the blocks, you start to see opportunities. So the very first thing we do is we, I take them through a step where we optimize their energy. And I've got a number of tools to help with this. There's an assessment, there's exercises I take them through. But at the end of this, all my clients coming out feeling really good and really optimistic. And then we go into visioning and and we go into the dream sequence. Uh, which is super fun because in that dream sequence, it's important that they're seeing possibility everywhere. Mm. We don't want anything left off the table. Like you said, regret at the end of your life is the worst thing that could happen. So then the dream sequence, that's where, you know, depending on the client, there's a bunch of different tools you can use. Some more woo-woo, some more a little bit more concrete, just depending on on what works best for everybody because everybody's different. Right. Oh, that's so fascinating. Now, what are some of like the mantras that you sort of hear going through this process, like what helps take them through that process of transitioning and like feeling comfortable to let go. Cause that's the, like you said, those golden handcuffs. And I hear that all the time in my generation too. And I'm just like, well, if you guys drop what you're doing, you could be making X, Y, Z. And not only that, but you'll love what you do. Sometimes that's not enough. How do you help somebody like give them that kick in the butt to go be like, listen, you're not happy here go out and seek something else. 
So what will you do? That's a really good question. And I'm glad you asked that because oftentimes people will reach out to me and they're not necessarily looking for a coach. They're just looking for somebody to solve their problem. But the methodology that they think they need, and some people do, everybody's different, but the methodology they think they need is more like a mentor that says, hey, based on your resume, you would be really good for X, Y, Z. So why don't you connect with, you know, Bob, Trisha, and Paul and talk to them and see what doors that opens. That's not what I do. (laughs) That's going back to the adage that I shared in my story where I was looking to my dad to give me the answers. What I do is I empower clients to help start to find the answers internally because that's where the real switch happened. And that's sort of the long-term sustaining value that coaching can provide versus let me just solve this one isolated challenge that I'm facing. It's beyond fascinating to see this world because, right, like I've never worked in corporate America. So hearing these, this thought process is really, really interesting. So what would be your favorite transformation of a client? Mm -hmm. And sort of what were the tips and how they made that transition? Oh gosh, I have so oh, I have so many stories. And this is like just thinking about this, just is like my heart is is warming up because it's so powerful to to see these transformations. And it makes my job so much fun. The story that's coming to mind right now is I had an executive reach out to me. He was a senior VP of a very large biotech company, very large. And he had been miserable for probably the past four to five years. He'd been with this company though for almost 20 years, the entirety of his career. And similar to what you and I've been talking about, what he expressed was, am I good enough to go somewhere else? Are other people going to want me? What do I want? The other challenge he was grappling with is because he felt a lot of loyalty to the team he was managing. So he was struggling a lot with abandoning his team by jumping ship and going somewhere else. But he was so miserable, Pam, like miserable. So we started working together and through the course, you know, we started, of course, with removing those mental blocks and really helping him start to see the opportunity. Once we got him to the stage where he realized him leaving was also probably the best thing for his team because for a number of different reasons. And then he started networking, literally, Pam. I think he was networking for, and this this is the networking piece can take anywhere from one hour to months on end to find the right next step for him. It happened very quickly. Within one month, he was in final rounds of interviews for a company solving exactly the disease state he wanted to work on, significant promotion, building a new team, reporting to somebody who he had previously worked with and had a relationship with. So. It's interesting with a lot of clients, once we get them past those initial blocks, it is just, it's, it's almost like a, a slingshot where you pull them back and you let them go and they just fly forward. So that's what happened with him. So he ended up getting an offer. We had an emergency coaching session when he got the offer. Cause he was like, Amy, I'm just going to take it. I'm going to take it. It's, you know, it's, it's not entirely what I'm making right now, but I'm just so grateful for an offer. And I just want to get out. And this is like, so many things are good here. And I was like, whoa, whoa, slow down. So what we also learned was he was afraid to negotiate. Again, I went back to understanding and appreciating his value. Mm-hmm. So after we talked that through, he helped gain some more confidence. Pam, the next day he called me, he had negotiated an additional $100,000 signing bonus. What? 
and a much more lucrative and favorable stock allocations. So literally, because of his bravery and because he was able to break through some of those barriers, he would have left a lot of money on the table that he was brave enough to go and pursue and fight for because he recognized his value. So that was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite stories. Oh my God, $100,000 sign-on bonus and stock options? Yes. That is unreal. Oh my gosh, wow. Okay, now I have to ask you, and if this is proprietary, you don't have to answer it, but in terms of helping your clients through that, jump right those getting over those blockages because this is exactly the same thing I do with the podcast is like how do I help you overcome your challenges so I'm always interested to know what is like the top tip or you could share however many you want to of overcoming those blockages because that's the hardest I love that your podcast is so focused on solving that for people it's it's so inspiring Pam thank you gosh the biggest way to get past those blocks well The first thing I'll say is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you need to do is is lean into the idea that you're going to have to make a change. Change can be scary because you can't see the other side, but the best way to move through change is to try small things over time that lead to big results. So a really couple things that are really easy to do and you can do like the comfort of your own home when you've got the time is to access and start to tap into a different part of your brain and sort of slow down just all of these cognitive thoughts is meditation. There's a lot of really great free meditation apps and, you know, try just a 30 day practice where you meditate for five minutes a day and see what clarity emerges. That's a great one. Another to carve out time to journal and really get in touch with all of these thoughts that fire again and again and again and again but we just ignore and and stick away in a drawer and close the drawer and you know lock it you have a lot of messages around you that are already telling you what change you need to make and what is the key to this change but it's a matter of paying attention to those external signals outside of what's firing cognitively or or tune in to some of those subconscious thoughts um, to really help you with that so journaling is, is a great way to get in touch thoughts and I mean the the third thing that I'll say is there's something so restorative and magical about getting outside but just stepping away from your desk getting outside breathing in the fresh air do that from time to time to just clear your head you know if you're really in the thick of it and you're really struggling and as a lot of people are during COVID right now that's a great way to just introduce some very quick temporary stress relief those are brilliant Amy thank you so much thank you so much for those And question for you, when you made your transition in from the corporate world into coaching, what were the things that got you over those blockages? Was it similar to what you, what you just shared? When I worked with my coach, I actually worked with a hypnotherapist, which was, yeah, exactly. I was like, what, what, a who? (laughs) Um, And something in me told me I needed to try something completely different. So that's part of the impetus is to swim against the current. You have to do something different than everybody else is doing to get to get to the destination you want to get to, to get out of the flow, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's what worked for me is I actually worked with a coach who was a, a trained hypnotherapist. And so she taught me how to do these very powerful meditation slash visualization exercises 
And that's how I was, I was able to access my higher being and really gave me the courage and the clarity to pursue this coaching path. That's amazing. A hypnotherapist. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. So many different things I want to get trained on. And I was trained in classical coaching, but the one I really want to get trained in hypnotherapy too at some point. That's so incredible. Cause like you said, once you get over those blockages, like you just like hit the ground running. Like you just, you walk, well, first you crawl, then you walk, then you run. Right. And then that's just how it goes. But getting over those blockages, first off, acknowledging them and then getting over them, I think is so key. So thank you so much for, for sharing those. That's amazing. Now I have another question for you, which I always ask everyone what would your older self tell your younger self? This is an area I've been researching and thinking about a lot lately, stress. Hmm. So I am your, and I still struggle with this, but typical type A, good grades, honors program, constantly was pushing, pushing, pushing to be the best, do the best, mm-hmm. get the best internship, job, you know, the list goes on. So I was always worried, always worried. Is this going to work out? Am I going to get what I want? And I'll tell you, it it took away my ability to be brave in situations where I was wrong in the past, uh, where it felt like I, I sort of took on the responsibility for, for those things that happened to me. And so my older self would tell my younger self to not get too hung up on my age and just know that my gut was right. No, and it's true. And I, and I was exactly the same as you, like type A, like I was honors kid. I had A's and B's. I was on every like National Honor Society, every single organization, every sports team, all of that. And it's like, I thought I had my life figured out and you would freak out, right? Like you're just like, I had it all planned out, right? And then life happens and you're just kind of like, ah, what happens now? You know, so like you said, don't worry. Like just know that there's a higher power that always has your best interest in mind, right? And just to let it go, let it go. That because that that's how you answer the question of where did you find your the courage and the strength to transition from real estate into this wonderful endeavor that you're taking on now, Pam? And you attributed it to being called for a higher purpose from a higher being. Mm-hmm. And there's something so key and so magical about about being able to tap into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how it's worked into your process, you know, for you and your clients to get them to the next level, which I think is absolutely beautiful. So Amy, now where can all the listeners find you and sort of what what you're up to these days? So my website, if you type in swimagainstthecurrent.com, it will take you there or swim-against.com. And what am I up to these days? Well, my coaching practice is taking off. I would say, gosh, it has been, I would, for the past year or so. So I'm almost at capacity for, for private coaching. I do executive career and leadership coaching. I also do team workshops on productivity and executive coaching within corporations. So if anybody has an interest in that, they can find me on my website and Gosh, I'm just so, so grateful to be doing the work that I'm doing. Because like you, Pam, it's, it really, to me, ladders up to a higher meaning and a higher power that I, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to pull people out of the struggle and the pain that I was once in mm-hmm. to help them reconnect to their purpose and reach their full potential. 
I absolutely love that. Amy, thank you so much for being here today and offering all this amazing insight and hearing your story too. Your transformative story was super incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode. <laughs>